When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been blogging about the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and waiting for them to win the World Series for my whole life. Thanks for listening today. Let's talk some Orioles. It is September the 4th, 2023. It is Labor Day, and the Orioles are 85-51. and 51. No joke, they have an 85-51 and 51 record on the 2023 season after beating the Arizona Diamondbacks by an 8-5 to five score on Sunday afternoon. They closed out their series in Arizona with two straight wins after an annoying Friday loss, surely quieting everyone who was concerned remembering the 10 years ago Orioles whose season fell apart in Arizona late in the year. Was that connected to anyone on the 2023 roster? No, of course not. But the fear, of course, had to be in our fan uh, our fan minds. Now, with 84% of the season played, the Orioles remain on pace to win 101 games this season. It is absolutely amazing. I cannot believe it, but that's how it is. They are here. We're here on September the 4th. The Orioles have 26 games remaining on their schedule, and they're on pace to win 101. It's fantastic. In Sunday's game, Jack Flaherty, the trade deadline acquisition, was again not good. Now, in part, he was saddled with very poor umpiring on the case of a runner being egregiously out of the baseline and then not being called out, which should have resulted in there being a runner on first with one out, and instead there was runners on first and second with none out. But having said that, after that situation occurred, Flaherty had kind of a Jake Arrieta, Orioles-era Arietta meltdown in that things that are not his fault went wrong, and then he was really unable to overcome it, including allowing the tying run 
to score on a wild pitch that he himself threw just way, uh, way off base. So, yeah, I mean, Flaherty was staked to a 4-1 lead after two innings. He gave up a solo home run in the third, allowed the game to be tied in the fifth. But the Orioles' offense overcame that. They put four more runs on the board immediately after Flaherty allowed it to be tied back up at four apiece. Over the course of the whole game, Cedric Mullins had three hits. There were four different Orioles with two hits, and all of Adley Rutschman, Ryan O'Hearn, and Gunnar Henderson had a pair of runs batted in in the game. And as a bonus, the Tampa Bay Rays lost two of their three games to the Cleveland Guardians this weekend. So over the full weekend, the Orioles game, the Orioles gained a game on the Rays. They now have a two and a half game lead with again 26 games left to play. The magic number to clinch the American League East stands at 24. And the magic number to clinch anything at all stands at 16. Again, for the AL East, that's the combination of Orioles wins plus plus Rays losses that would help them clinch the division. And for the clinch anything, that's Orioles wins plus Blue Jays losses because the Blue Jays are the closest trailing team in the wild card. So again, I mean, the mid-September four-game set against the Rays remains crucial, but Every loss that other teams can put on the Rays between now and then is absolutely going to be helpful to the Orioles in hopefully coming into that series with more of a cushion. And the Rays next play the Red Sox starting this very afternoon. So, you know, as with a few episodes where I said you're going to have to root for the Yankees, it's now the same with the Boston Red Sox. If you need to puke a little bit in your mouth at that thought, it's okay. You can go ahead and do that. Um... Just maybe make sure you're near a sink or something like that, just in case. Because, you know, the fact is, the Orioles now need the Red Sox to win. Um, It doesn't mean we have to be happy with the Red Sox winning, but we need them to win for the Rays to lose for the next three games. So, you know, I mean, Boston, they're five and a half games out for the AL wildcard, still theoretically in range for a late run. So, you know, um, go ahead and do that for the next three games. Get yourselves, you know, get your hopes up a little bit. Uh, and then maybe just cool off again because the Orioles will be in Boston Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, you know, and then it's going to be the Orioles who are looking for uh, getting some more wins on the board. Okay, so understanding that the Orioles are 34 games over 500, and we can all be very happy about that. Uh, I'm still annoyed about Jack Flaherty, namely that the Orioles did not get anyone better than Jack Flaherty at the trade deadline. He's now got five Orioles starts under his belt, and he's got a 666 ERA. That is a good Iron Maiden song, not so good as an ERA. You know, I mean, the Orioles, they really, I think, needed a rotation upgrade, and it just seems like they've swung and missed. You know, it's at least okay, I guess, in that a six-man rotation means Flaherty will only hurt one out of six of the remaining Orioles games. But like, You know, how do you even put him on the playoff roster, whatever playoff series roster you're playing on? You certainly can't have him in the starting rotation. And I don't even know how you have him in the bullpen. You know, there's uh, there's just better guys to have out there. And for the rotation, I mean, we're going to have to hope that um, the fact that the Orioles didn't get anyone better doesn't hurt because, I mean, really, they've got. Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, and Dean Kramer all looking pretty good to very good in the second half of the season. 
Maybe the return of John Means could be your fourth guy in a rotation. Means is set to make a final rehab start tomorrow in AAA Norfolk. I believe he needs to be activated again at the end of his rehab assignment on uh, Friday. Maybe there's a couple days of finagling. I'm not sure what's in the fine print. Maybe they can hold off activating him. But it's going to be interesting to see will... um, Will the Orioles put Means right in the starting rotation? Will he just get eased in as the long man? He is going uh, for some high pitch counts in his Norfolk games. I believe he threw 86 pitches in his most recent one. So, you know, maybe he'll throw like 92 or something like this on uh, in tomorrow's game. Maybe they're still leaving him about 85, in which case probably don't want to count on him going 100 pitches in any um any of the remaining games down the stretch. I, I don't know. I am hoping that means coming back will be a good thing, although I do remain a little bit nervous. Reports from Norfolk have been that his velocity is down about two miles per hour from where he was before being injured when he was pitching and pitching well in the 2021 season. So, uh, I mean, that's going to be a problem if he is uh, two miles an hour down, I think. But we'll see. Um Maybe in another 10 days, he's going to start a game for the Orioles. Maybe he'll start doing long relief. I don't know. There was also one bit of Orioles news over the weekend, and that is that Jorge Lopez, the 2022 Orioles All-Star, is back after being claimed by the team. On waivers, it was kind of a surprise decision on Saturday afternoon. Logan Gillespie was designated for assignment to fit Lopez on the 40-man roster. Austin Voth was then designated for assignment on uh Sunday in order to fit Lopez on the major league team. And really there's not going to be any regrets from anyone who's not in either the Gillespie or both families uh, who watched those guys pitch in the 2023 season. And really more seriously, it's not surprising that Lopez ended up on waivers given how his career has gone since leaving the Orioles. He had a 4.37 ERA with the Minnesota Twins after they acquired him last year, then a 5.09 ERA this year before being traded to the Marlins in July in kind of a bad reliever challenge trade. See who can straighten out their bad reliever. Uh, The Marlins in that trade got reliever Dylan Floro and the excuse me the twins got reliever Dylan Floro and then Lopez went on to have a 9.26 ERA in 12 games with the Marlins dumped onto waivers the Orioles had 27 teams with waiver priority before them no one wanted him and with how Lopez has pitched so far no real surprise so a bit different than the last time the Orioles uh, made a waiver claim on Lopez. They were near the front of the line, and they got him. And now, more than three years later, they were near the back of the line. They still got there. They still got their guy. Jorge Lopez, he's now 30. He's pitched in eight major league seasons. A couple of those, only a handful of games. But still, he's an eight-year veteran uh, in terms of ga- seasons he's pitched in. And basically, the only good time he had in terms of sustained results Um, in those eight seasons were the four months last year when he was the Orioles closer and he was good. He was really good. He was an all-star and absolutely deserved it in the 2022 season, but uh, it's, it's fallen apart for him since then. So, you know, that makes for two notable things about the claim. The first thing is a reminder that trading away Lopez was absolutely the right thing to do as much as that was bruising to all of us who wanted to think, okay, the team that had been assembled for 2022 was maybe going to be able to go on a run. 
the Orioles traded Lopez. They got 2023 All-Star, one of their four All-Stars in 2023, Yenier Cano. They got uh, pitching prospect Cade Povich, who is still one of the better prospects in the system. A couple more pitching prospects who are more deep sleepers, and Lopez fell apart again. So based on what we saw in Minnesota, he actually would have only hurt the 2022 Orioles had he remained. So trading him when they did was a plus. Now, the second interesting thing to me is just that the team brought him in here in September. They're going to try and reclaim the magic from April to July of 2022. Now, as a quick note, Jorge Lopez is not going to be eligible for any Orioles postseason roster. That's because he joined the organization after the start of September. So even with the finagling you can do for someone who's not on the 40-man roster but is in the organization before uh, the end of the day on August the 31st. You still can't do that for someone who is claimed on September the 2nd. So really, it's it's a 2024 speculative play, I think, because Lopez does still have team control for the 2024 season. He, uh, he gets one more year of arbitration. I don't think he's going to get too much of a raise on his, I believe, about $3.3 million salary for 2023 because players who are as bad as he's been uh, tend to not get substantial or at all raises. So I I would say he's probably going to be under $4 million for the 2024 campaign. And the Orioles can afford to take that kind of chance. And I mean, one reason why they want to try, I think, is because, again, we probably don't want to count on Felix Bautista pitching in 2024. It's not certain yet. Uh, there was an update on Sunday just that manager Brandon Hyde was asked about Bautista, and he did confirm that the Orioles are waiting for inflammation to go down before they can get uh, an MRI that is more conclusive about what the damage is to the ulnar collateral ligament in Bautista's elbow. So, that I, still, I, I think he's not going to pitch next year, but it's not known. We'll see. Maybe they'll know within a week or so. Um, you know, of course, heading into 2023, we were all kind of counting on Dylan Tate to be in the Orioles bullpen mix. I think after he's now missed all of this year, you probably don't want to put him in the 2024 picture either. Uh, depending on what's going on with him, he might even be a non-tender candidate in the offseason, both to... Um, get the Orioles off the hook for whatever arbitration raise he might get, or just to not have him on the 40-man roster if they don't think he's ever going to be a good pitcher again. So as for Lopez, you know, you can hide him in the back of the bullpen in September of this year and then see what you can do with him in spring training to see if maybe they can get him closer to the form that he had in the first half of last season. As for Sunday's game, he did pitch in his Orioles re-debut, so to speak. He allowed a leadoff double in the eighth inning, but went on to pitch a scoreless frame. So, you know, hopefully we can see some more of that. One kind of odd but funny note uh, having to do with names on the Orioles is Jorge Lopez joining the team makes makes for another first-name repeat on the team. Of course, there are three Ryans, Ryan Mountcastle, O'Hearn, and McKenna. There have been three different Kyles on the team over the course of this season. There was Kyle Bradish, Gibson, uh, both still here, and Stowers, who is now in the minors. Uh, there have been two Austins. Austin Hayes is still here. Austin Both was just DFA'd. And now there's two Jorges, Jorge Mateo and Jorge Lopez. Doesn't mean anything. No, not at all. But to me, it's kind of neat. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so let's dip into the mailbag. We've got a message today from listener Ty who wrote in and said he's been thinking about Christian Walker after seeing Walker in the weekend series against the Orioles. He did hit multiple home runs against his former organization over the course of the weekend. And Ty noted that after the Chris Davis signing following the 2015 season, it seemed like the Orioles were eventually going to have to choose between Trey Mancini and Christian Walker as their kind of right-handed hitting first baseman, maybe slash DH outfielder of the future. And they ended up choosing Trey Mancini. They waived Christian Walker in February of 2017. So Ty wanted to know if you could go back in time and have the Orioles choose Walker over Mancini, would you do that? Ty, thank you for writing in. I'm just going to say no. I would not. I don't have any regrets that the Orioles did not uh, choose Walker over Mancini at that time, I think. And Ty noted this in his message to me. I think that Overall, it was quite a positive that we got to experience Mancini's Orioles career, have him be really a heartfelt comeback story after his um, after his missing the entire 2020 season with cancer treatments. And it is true that Christian Walker now has about 50% more career baseball reference wins above replacement than Mancini. Walker, heading into Sunday, had a 12.6 career war to Mancini's only 8.2. Now, Mancini was worth more than that for the Orioles. He's uh, actually really taken a dive with his 2023 performance, I'm sorry to say. Um, Sorry, mostly because I know my wife will be listening, and that's going to make her sad. But it is true whether or not it makes people sad. So, I mean, if you look only at that number, uh, maybe they should have kept Walker, but whatever. Um, But honestly, I think trying to choose between Mancini and Walker 
was really kind of, I don't want to say it's a false choice, but it's a choice the Orioles only had to make. I don't think that was so much because of the Davis signing as it was because the Orioles chose to re-sign Mark Trumbo after the 2016 season, when Trumbo was pretty darn good for the Orioles. But I think they would have been smarter just saying so long and thanks for all the dingers, letting him go sign elsewhere, collecting a draft pick, and then then they would have maybe had an opportunity to see what either Christian Walker or Trey Mancini had to offer. Now, it is also worth noting that Christian Walker did not really break out as an MLB player until the 2019 season, which was his age 28 season. So, I mean, Ty, well, Ty was a little concerned also with if Walker was still here, would he be clogging what is now the kind of Ryan Mountcastle, Ryan O'Hearn, maybe a little bit Anthony Santander spot on the roster? I'm not as worried about that, mostly because I think if Walker persisted through some of the rebuilding years, um, he probably would have been traded like in the middle of 2020 or maybe even before the 2021 season if he'd been kept around. So I, I don't think they ever would have been in a position to have to choose between him and Mountcastle or whatever. Uh, but, you know, as, as far as letting Walker go, I guess it could be something of a small regret. But, you know, for me, it's really tough to hold on to these kinds of regrets um, with the way the Orioles have found success this year. Again, they're on pace for 101 wins. So kind of the nickel and dime choices along the way that got them here, like you can't get too upset about that, right? It's like getting over the hump does not feel like some impossible task now where every misstep potentially sets the Orioles back possibly fatally from ever being able to clear you know, and get themselves back into a good place, right? And it's kind of the same with, say, Mike Yastrzemski, who the Orioles effectively just dumped for nobody, for a pitcher, Tyler Erb, who was was nothing, basically, in early 2019. Why did they not just give Yastrzemski a shot there in the early days of the rebuild? I don't know. Um, he was also another late bloomer. The 2019 season when they traded him to the Giants was his age 28 season. So, I mean, again, I mean, Yastrzemski also was probably not going to hang around through the rebuild. If he was good in 19 through 21, they probably would have traded him before 2022, right? But, you know, that's a regret, but it's one that doesn't have to stick with us because the Orioles are as good as they are this year. And specifically, um, they're good in the outfield. And, you know, in Walker's case, they're doing pretty good at first base slash DH. Um, You know, Mountcastle had some scuffling times, but uh, he's been better since returning, etc. So that's, I, I don't feel too bad about those things. And I'm definitely glad they kept Trey Mancini. So Ty, thank you for writing in. Anyone else, if you would like to email for a topic or question for a future episode of the show, you can email camdencastpod at gmail.com. And thank you to everyone else who has written in so far. Before I wrap it up, let's just look a little bit. We've got another three late nights coming for Orioles fans as their next opponent is, once again, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Orange County, California, etc. The Angels, it's, and it's going to be 9.30 start times for all of these games. You don't even get a day game getaway day on a Wednesday afternoon. So if you're staying up... Uh, Have fun with that. Hopefully, we will all have fun if we do stay up. But the Angels, man, they went 8-19 and in the month of August. They are 0-3 so far in the month of September. 
They infamously just punted on the remainder of the 2023 season with a mass placing of players on waivers, all to apparently try to get themselves under the luxury tax in part so that uh, they maybe get a better draft pick after Shohei Otani departs in free agency. What I saw is reportedly they failed in doing that because the one last player being claimed on waivers that they needed to happen was not claimed and they didn't get themselves below the threshold. So that gets a uh, Nelson Munch from the Simpsons. Ha ha right there. And, and I mean, again, like several of the players they waived, that's players they acquired in July with dreams of contending and they just fell apart. Uh, It sucks for them that they tried. And then now the front office has effectively pulled the plug and quit. It could be good news for the Orioles, but I mean, we know from 2018, 19, and 21 Orioles teams, even bad teams can win a few games here and there. So, you know, the Orioles absolutely cannot look past this Angels team. They need to go in there and take advantage of a reeling bunch of jabronis. Not entirely jabronis, of course. Shohei Otani does remain on the team. Even after he has, uh, even after Otani the pitcher was put on the shelf, Otani the hitter still has over a 1,000 OPS since that Otani the pitcher injury. Past Orioles uh, menace, Randall Grichuk, went unclaimed on waivers, so he's still on the Angels. He's got a 571 OPS uh, heading into Sunday with the Angels after they claimed him, but at a 773 for the year. He could be a menace again. The pitching matchups for the series on Monday, it is Grayson Rodriguez for the Orioles, while the Angels have a 27-year-old lefty named Kenny Rosenberg, who will be making his uh, second-ever MLB start in his sixth-ever MLB game. I know that kind of combination makes me preemptively nervous too, but I am hoping for good things from Rodriguez against the Angels lineup, and hopefully he can deliver on those good things. Tuesday's game, we're going to see Dean Kramer for the Orioles, and Reed Detmers is scheduled to pitch for the Angels. Detmers has a 5.01 ERA so far this season, a bit better at home, a 4.56 ERA, but he has not been good in the second half, a 6.57 ERA. So again, take advantage of that. Don't let a struggling guy string you along like they did with Zach Davies of the Diamondbacks on Friday on the way to losing that game on Friday. The Orioles, you know, they need every game they can get to keep warding off the Rays. Uh, they they can't just have clunkers that they lose because they stunk against a bad starter. Um, it, it's going to hurt them eventually. It didn't hurt them on Friday since the Rays also lost. So again, thank you, Guardians, for that. And in the Wednesday series finale, we're going to get Kyle Gibson for the Orioles and Patrick Sandoval for the Angels. That is the one game of the series that I think is kind of an on-paper disadvantage for the Orioles. Gibson has a 6.28 second-half ERA, whereas Sandoval has just a 4.10 ERA for the 2023 season and a 3.73 ERA in the second half of the season. So, you know, hopefully the Orioles can win on Monday and Tuesday and they don't have to worry about how well Gibson pitches on Wednesday to have already won the series. Oh, and one more curiosity about these 2023 Angels. They've already debuted their 2023 first-round pick. They made the number 11 11 overall selection from Florida Atlantic University, was a uh, first baseman named Nolan Shanuel. He had been thought of as a possible Orioles target due to being a very advanced college bat. Well, he was gone several picks before the Orioles were able to select, so we'll never know if they would have liked Shanuel if he was still on the board at that time. 
He's played in 12 big league games already. And again, mind you, he was only drafted in the middle of July during the All-Star break. And uh, he's got a 273 average through 12 games, 429 on-base percentage, not really any power early on, a 295 slugging percentage. But, I mean, it's it's crazy that he went from the draft to the majors in the span of really uh, barely more than a month. And is that going to work out for the Angels? I don't know. Uh, hopefully Orioles pitchers can pitch well uh, when they face Shanuel over the next few games. That's all that I've got for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a rating or review and tell an Orioles fan in your life about the show. New episodes will be out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. Please keep in mind due to Tuesday's late game, I'm going to be recording Wednesday's podcast on Wednesday morning. So if you're used to getting it on your morning commute, I'm sorry, it'll be a little late. I hope to have it uh, posted by about 10.30 a.m. We'll see how that goes. But in between now and then, you can leave a comment on camdenchat.com. You will find me there in the comments under the name SK. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's!